You know, you see these people who have been banned from the CrossFit games for, for pissing hot for like Anavar or Enduroball or whatever. And they're like, I was dealt a, a crushing blow today. I thought my, I was, I was taking all the same supplements, even though I was in the provincial finals where I was tested. Apparently additional testing showed that I was on this stuff. All of these people know they're on it. I want to see one person who gets busted for taking steroids and CrossFit and their post is like, out, out, brief candle. What is a life lived weak? I would rather die young and strong than live to waste away. Welcome back to Zero Credits, the show where we talk about things. My name's Henry. And my name's John. And together we're Henry and John, coming at you to discuss the blah of the cultural zeitgeist. I don't know about you, Henry, but it feels like it's been about 37 years since we last recorded. And in those 37 years, John, absolutely nothing has happened. Uh, yes, we are in, and I don't use this word lightly, heck. Yeah, yeah, this is this is the real heck. Uh, there, there was a phenomenon in early exploration, the age of exploration, where, where sailors would hop on boats and sail across the entire world to discover new things. And there was a phenomenon and during this time called the doldrums john have you ever heard of the doldrums i have not heard of the doldrums john the doldrums are a phenomenon describing what happens when there is absolutely no wind blowing Mm. because you see these sailors they would use the wind to sail and when there was absolutely no explain that first part to me one more time all right, you see, they had they made these giant cloth walls, John, and, and what they were these hung, people called one more time. They, they were called they were called sailors, John. I gotcha. Okay, and they would hang these giant cloth walls called sails from large sticks called masts, and they would use that to catch the wind and push their huge boats forward. But when there was no wind, John, you know what would happen to these boats? Uh, they, let me, let me guess, would not move? They wouldn't move at all. That's where we are right now. We're in a cultural doldrums. It, it's a, it's a fascinating, uh, time because I never thought that I would, s- so we're going through the craziest thing that has ever happened to us. And hopefully will ever happen to us. Uh, But also, it feels like nothing is happening. Yeah, I I mean, even... 
I, I've been keeping track of the news every day. I read like the updated numbers, at least in Austin, every night. And even then, it just it feels like there's no progress. <laughs> Nothing is happening. Which, I mean, is, is by design the way that you beat the thing that we're all going through is for nothing to happen. But honestly, here's a... It's kind of a dark thought, but yesterday it was a, made official that our city, our county, is mandating that if you are in a place where it is infeasible to maintain six plus feet of social distancing, that you wear some sort of face covering. Oh, that's right, John. I was going to ask if you were wearing your mandatory face covering right now. Uh, I'm not wearing my mandatory face covering because the only person I'm less than six feet away from is this delicious drink. Uh, Oh, well, Gadzooks, John, it said it was mandatory for all essential business, and this podcast is essential. (laughs) Yes, by the very loose definition set forth by our mayor... Which essentially makes any business capable of declaring itself to be essential. We are essential in multiple yep. ways. Hell yeah. Uh, but you were going to talk about your drink? Oh, I was just going to say I'm drinking a... I was going to talk about two things. Well, let's get the drink out of the way. I'm uh, drinking a delicious... Have you ever had a ranch water before? I think you've talked to me about the concept of ranch water and my... Little lizard brain couldn't get around the thought of, like, ranch dressing? Oh, that is uh, absolutely what it is. Uh, But a ranch water is one of my favorite drinks. Essentially, you need uh, one extremely specific ingredient that thankfully we have in abundance, and two, a less so specific ingredient. But I've upped the difficulty by making it harder to find. Uh, The first one is a Topo Chico. You can't make a ranch water with anything but a Topo Chico. I'm sorry. Uh, and the second thing is a decent tequila because you're drinking it with a, an unflavored mineral water. So you want to make sure it tastes nice. However, I've made this more difficult by making mine with Sotol, which is uh, more expensive and harder to find than tequila. Interesting. And also lime. You need lime as well. How's it taste? It tastes delicious. That's great. I think I've heard of that before. Insofar as uh, somebody was had, had canned it and was selling it as like a, a a drink. Oh, I would buy a canned ranch water in a second. It, yeah, it might have just been the name, though. I don't know if it, the ingredients were the same. Gotta be Topo. I myself am drinking a uh, a nice little concoction. I like to call it the rum and coke. Ooh, what's in it? So I do lime juice, rum, and Coke. Ooh, a twist with lime. I like that. So we bought these. We bought this the squeeze bottle of lime juice that we keep in our fridge now, and I've just been like tossing it into any you know mixology concoction I've made lately, and it's really good. You just pour the lime juice over the ice before you do anything else. It just gives it a little tropical twist. That makes any drink instantly like 50% more refreshing. I'm a a big lime guy. I like my limes fresh when I can get them, if you know what I mean, in that I like to juice fresh limes. Uh, But lime juice is a a quick kind of power up to any drink that you make at home. 
And if you want to get old school, old school tiki drink, you can buy sweetened lime juice specifically made for making cocktails. Yeah, I think that's what we have. And you might be hearing the fizz of my Coke because I poured more into the glass. Because you see, John, I wanted to have more than one rum and Coke during this time that we're we're recording. So uh, I happen to have made two separate glasses of the same drink because I might have a problem. Well, what I did was a, a ranch water, just to give you some insight, is typically, if you want to make it on the go, a cowboy ranch water. You have a Topo Chico, you pour a shot of tequila, or in this case, Sotol, into it, and then you put a wedge of lime in that Topo Chico. Uh, I have taken the liberty of making essentially three ranch waters in a giant jug, which I will drink over the course of this podcast. Yeah, I thought of doing that, too. Only I don't trust myself with the measurements of, you know, you know, what is it called? Like doubling the recipe or whatever. So instead, I got two glasses and made okay one each. So in, instead of the, the difficult task of doubling a recipe of a Roman Coke, which is a shot of rum and then Coke up to the top, uh, which, if, if my math is right, would have been two shots of rum and then Coke up to the top in a slightly larger glass. Oh, uh, John. two separate glasses. John, you, you've got it all wrong. It's not one shot. Each rum and Coke has two ounces in it. Oh, okay. So that's a little bit more than a... I don't like the word. One of those shot measures, which is usually about an ounce and a half. Yeah, one Wait, of those shells. On. The When you did it, did you fill the larger part of the shot measuring thing twice and then put it in it? Oh, no, I just eyeballed it. Okay, you're fine. <laughs> Most people don't realize that the larger part of the shot measuring thing is an ounce and a half, typically. Oh, not ours. Ours is one ounce. It says so on the bottom of the, uh, of the cup. You're so precise. Yeah, look, when it comes to mixology, I'm a regular scientist. You're a real regular Bill Rye. The Whiskey and Rye. <laughs> uh, but what I was going to say before I got derailed about my drink is... You weren't derailed. You, you set it up. Uh, well, I derailed myself. You set it myself. up. I derailed yeah. myself. But I was you going to say that the, the presence of the mandated mask wearing, I found very exciting because it's the biggest piece of news to happen locally in quite some time. Are you talking about... I have no idea. There's news? Yeah, it's the mandated face covering. Oh, that news. Sorry. Sorry. I have nothing to say... Oh, uh, I have nothing but, to say about the mandated face coverings other than... I now own a mask, so that's pretty exciting. Where'd you get that mask, fucker? Oh, uh, no. See, through our church, some really nice ladies have been sewing masks to give to people in need, and we just said we needed one, so we donated some money to the people uh, making the masks so that they can keep buying supplies to make masks, and then they gave us masks. I just want to make it clear, the reason why I was aggressive there is not because I'm looking for a mask for myself, but because I want to get looter culture started early. 
Uh, yeah. I'm what you might call an accelerationist. So I, I'm trying to, if I see someone in the street with some toilet paper or some dried beans, right now, as, as of stage one, it's all on a timeline, it's all time-bounded. Uh, as of stage one, I'm currently only verbally assaulting them. In, <laughs> in time, however, I will begin to physically assault and then steal the items from them. Uh, and hopefully people will, as people in the past have have mimetically copied Rebecca, I want them to take my behaviors and then create a strong looter culture. No, it's a perfect time for it. Cause like you got to wear gloves just to protect yourself and you got to wear these face coverings. So like there's no chance you're leaving any evidence at a scene of a crime anymore. This is, and I can't stress this enough, a perfect time for criminals. I had to go do something before we record this podcast, and it is the only time in my life I've felt comfortable getting out of my car wearing a bandana over my face. Oh, yeah. No, seriously. There was a, I saw this kind of, uh, funny thing on Twitter where a guy had to go pay his rent at his bank for some reason. Maybe he had to wire money or something like that. But he, yeah, so he got out of his car with his with his gloves and with his mask over his face, and uh, he had written on a sticky note, "Give me all your," and then like sc- scratch that out, and underneath it wrote, "I want to give you all my money," and he slipped it to the bank teller, and she laughed. So at least people are having some good fun with the fact that it is so easy to pull off any crime right now. Pull off a crime. So I I will say that uh, as someone who has worked in banking in the past, typically speaking, in banks, there's a very hard policy against if someone's in your line, your tellers are typically supposed to tell them to remove any hats, hoodies, uh, sunglasses, or anything covering their face. Uh, I have heard stories at this point of people coming into banks wearing bandanas over their faces and sunglasses and hats and being told to remove their hats, but nothing else. That's amazing. We've got you by your hair. We know who you are because you you part your hair a very certain way. Yeah, so you have to make sure you don't have a distinctive hairstyle, but otherwise it's payday all day, baby. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mask on. Let's do it. Let's payday too. I wonder where the line for masks is. Perhaps disturbing plastic baby doll masks? <laughs> it's like, what, what do you mean? It's, it's N95 rated. Wait, Henry. Yeah, I don't mean to jump too far. I don't mean to be a conspiracy theorist. Oh, but no. I just want to say, we're now mandating that all people wear masks and we're busting out the purge sirens. Look, I'm not saying... Look, okay, actually, there is a precedent being laid out here because uh, I I know we don't typically talk about current politics, but a certain individual who happens to be the leader of the free world uh, said that he has total authority because that's just what the president has. So if he were just happened to call for a purge, I think uh, maybe it would happen. And I just want to say, uh, dealing only in statements of objective fact, not that it would be a good thing or a deserved or earned thing, but if the president were to be purged, it would be very funny. 
especially because he would be the one to have uh, called for it with, you know, his complete and total authority or what have you. That's going to be the end of the movie. The president gets purged. Have you ever, this might be a fun thing to do. Uh, have you ever seen any of the purge movies? I have not. I've never seen a single one. I've seen the first one and it definitely has merit. It might be worthwhile in these difficult times if we just went through and watched the Purge movies. I'm not the biggest fan of uh, gore. There's not a lot, at least in the first one, I guess. Okay. Uh, But I don't know, it might be fun. We still owe people a supplemental reading, though. Oh, I forgot all about that. Better luck tomorrow. What the fuck else are we doing? You're right. We should definitely make an effort to find Better Luck Tomorrow and do a supplemental reading. What? Why? God, how do I keep... For, it, it's because... I'll tell you why I keep forgetting this, John. It's because every day feels like yesterday. Every moment feels like I've already done it. And so I'm just trying to get to the next day, the next part and and it, it keeps not happening. So in my brain, it's like I ch- I've checked off my list because it already feels like yesterday. So it's like I already did all this stuff. So I just I empty my brain and I don't think about better luck tomorrow and the fact that we we owe our listeners, our fans, a supplemental reading on it. I I do the exact same thing. And granted, we have a lot of time before the next Fast and Furious movie comes out. But every day kind of feels like. It feels like we have a to-do list and we've already checked that day off. Yeah. Uh, so I'm just like, mm, get me through this. Whatever I need. I'll go to work. I'll work from home. I'll watch a movie. I'll go to sleep. Whatever. I know how this day is going to go. Uh, but I I think maybe it warrants a, a restructuring of how we view these days. Because in some way, uh, at least for creative types there presents itself somewhat of an opportunity. You mean by like we have more time to create stuff? Yeah, we have more time to create stuff because if you and I were to organize watching Better Luck Tomorrow over a weekend under different circumstances, it would be orders of magnitude more difficult. Uh, but I could watch Better Luck Tomorrow tomorrow night, the night after that, any mornings this weekend... Uh, but for some reason, I haven't because, like you said, every day feels like a foregone conclusion. It's yeah, it's weird. It's like I wake up and I know what I have to do and I do it and I don't think beyond like the immediate, you know, I have to go sit at my laptop so that the little circle by my Slack name gets colored in green so people can tell that I'm working. But beyond that, it's just like, oh, I. I guess Animal Crossing is keeping me going because I just know like, well, the next day I'm going to have more opportunities to make more bells to pay off my loan, to make my island look pretty, to make my wife happy because we're playing together. And so if the if the island looks good, she'll, she'll be happy because the island looks good. So th- this is something I kind of want to talk about if we want to talk about Animal Crossing. Is uh, I don't know if you're in a similar situation, but a- a- any of our listeners in a situation where you start playing Animal Crossing, and sure, it's fun, 
Uh, but then your significant other started after you uh, and is way more invested in it than you are. But you have a responsibility as the as the island representative to do everything on the island. I actually, uh, my good friend and friend of the show, Jeff, uh, he he's in that same exact situation where he started playing first, be- became the island representative, not really knowing what that meant. And then they, he and his wife discovered that she couldn't make any decisions about the island. And now he's kind of like moved on to new or other games. And so he's like, he feels bad, but he doesn't want to keep playing. But he also doesn't want to have to have his wife start completely over. So he's stuck in this weird limbo. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty much in a not the same situation because I do still enjoy it and want to play it. I just don't. It's not front of mind, so it's a it's a very strange responsibility to have. Because honestly, whenever Tom Nook tells me to put down a new thing, I'm like, um, this stresses me out so much. Couldn't Allison just do this? Well, here's what I did because uh, I also had a, a decision fatigue and also decision decision anxiety. Uh, but any time it came down to put something down. I would wait for Jamie to be available to help me oh, make the decision. Smart. And so like we basically made every decision together so that it wasn't just like it wasn't just falling on me even though I was the character hitting the A button to put down the plot, but like we talked we talked through it and kind of planned it out a little bit just so that we were both on the same page about you know what was happening and so i thought hey we're we're in control of this and then a fucking hippo just moved in on his own accord. Oh, did you not get to choose where that hippo lived? We got to choose where he lived, but we it, we basically got forced into taking him onto the island because the game was like, he, he's in your campsite and you talk to him, so that means he has to join your island. And I was like, I'll just ignore him for the day. And then the next day, he came back and he's like, hey, when am I going to move in? It's like, oh, I guess we have to take this hippo. Oh, no. And now he's one of our good friends, but still. Yeah, see, that's a a good parable for life. You don't always get to choose your friends, but you can pick your friends' noses. Uh, I am in a difficult situation because from the conversation I've had with my girlfriend, she essentially wants to take a deist approach to Animal Crossing. Uh, The solution that I offered was, you, if you want... You can go onto my account and you can make the choices for the island that would result in the layout of the island changing. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't mess with my stuff, please. <laughs> uh, but you can do that. And essentially her answer was, no, I'd, I'd like to live in Animal Crossing as if you were a god. It shows up <laughs> sometimes and sometimes my world changes. Well, that's a very interesting perspective. It's like... It's like living your life as in a Sim City or something. Oh, that would be cool. But yeah, it's just like, oh, I guess, uh, I guess that park became some office buildings. That's that happened overnight. Okay, uh, cool. Or just like living your life in the world is just things about your environment will change with no input from you. So, yeah. So that, that's, on that note, that's very funny. At the end of our street, uh, there was this construction going on. Like, they cleared out a plot of land, and I was like, 
you know, the wife and I were were, were uh, guessing wait, what on. it would be. Hold on, wait. What? Wife check? Do you want to do a wife check? Wife check. I can go get her. You want to do a wife check? Wife check. All right, let's do a wife check. I'll Remember be right back. where you are in the story. Oh, I will. Don't worry. But uh, I'll, I'll go grab Jamie. Wife check. Wife check. You can bring it. Just bring it. Or you, wait, pause it. Pause what? I can't pause it. It's Animal Crossing. You can't pause it. That's how it works. I'm wondering if this works. Oh, close the door. Um, close this. This one. All right. We've got my wife here. Jamie, say hello. Hello, that is I. Hello, uh, Jamie. You... Welcome to our first inaugural wife check. Hola. John just just welcomed you to the first inaugural wife check. He, <laughs> you can't hear him because I'm wearing the headphones. Uh-oh. Uh, I'm going <laughs> to throw it to you, Henry, to conduct the first inaugural wife check. All right. I will conduct the first inaugural wife check. So I, I guess to kick this off, uh, hey, wife. Hello, yes. How, how how you doing? Well, I'm doing okay. Uh, I got a glass out of the cabinet to make myself a drink, and then as I was reaching up to get out of the liquor cabinet, I broke the glass, so that's a thing. Oh no, I didn't know about that. Are you okay? Yeah, I'm okay. I am just frustrated. That's the second piece of that particular set of wedding glassware that we've broken. Oh no. So, Wait, what? which oh, class was it? It was the one that I made a margarita in the other day. It's like a tall, like a goblet kind of looking thing. Oh. It's We only have like two glasses like that. Is it the bumblebee one? Yeah, the bumblebee oh, one. Oh, I really like the bumblebee I one. I know, I'm sorry. Oh, we well, have that's... one left. All right, well, that one will just be extra special. That's the last piece in that set, you realize. I know. Because I broke the pitcher. Yes. Now you've broken this glass. Yes. And now this other glass is the last piece we've got. I know. I'm I'm really sorry. And it sucks. And uh, I'm wondering, like, can I buy a replacement one? I mean, the pitcher, I don't really care. Well, oh, yeah, you can, can probably, that, but... you can probably find a replacement. Yeah. I have to figure it out. Yeah. So, John, what do you think of that? Now that's what I call a wife check. <laughs> okay. Uh, what does that mean? What, a wife check? No, like, what does that mean for the segment? Oh, uh, my my initial assumption was it means it either ended or could continue. Okay. Uh, maybe, maybe ask how Jamie's holding up. Well, I asked her how she's doing, and we just oh, got yeah, that story. That's pretty good, yeah. Okay, well, I'm, I'm glad that the <laughs> listeners are hearing us live through creating the segment, <laughs> the hopefully short-lived segment of a wife check. No, this is the new, it's the new every every episode, gonna have a wife check. If I remember, the first time you mentioned the word wife or wives, it's gonna be a wife check. Okay, well. Wait, wives? <laughs> 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 Multiple wives? Any, I don't like that. Anytime the word wife or wives is mentioned, if I remember, that's a gonna be a wife a check. Alright. Well, Jamie has now gone back to playing Animal Crossing. So I guess this segment is over. I'm okay. right here if you need to ask me more questions. <laughs> You're uh, okay. Th- thank Jamie I for the say, wife check. Um, 
I did go ahead and make myself the drink anyway, so well, that's that nice. That's that's a good ending to the story. Jamie, thanks for coming on to Zero Credits for Wife Check. Uh, we'll have you on again anytime. I apparently anytime I mention the word wife or wives, John's <laughs> gonna ask for one of these. So I guess it's determined by me if you get to come back. I will. Uh... No matter how often or few it is, I will choose to be upset by it. So there you go. All right. Jamie's upset. I'll deal with that later. Perfect. Now, now to return to my story, but hold on. I got to edit that door out later. All right. That's fine. Henry, can you do me a favor? What's up? Next time you see Jamie, tell her two things. Number one, a thanks for the wife check. Number two, she is not defined by being your wife, but it's a funny bit. Number three, a thanks for the wife check. Gotcha, and I'm sure she would appreciate it, and I don't think she ever thought for a second that that defines her, uh, but it does make her happy. Now that's what I call a wife check. And I, I'm equally as happy to be her husband. It's not a one-way street. Oh, shit. Hold up. <laughs> that means we're going to get a husband check. <laughs> Do I need to go get myself? <laughs> uh, yes, please go get yourself. All right. Uh, one moment. Okay, I got him. Okay, now tossing it to you, Henry. Give me a quick, quick husband check. All right. Well, uh, Henry, how are you? Oh, I'm fine. I was going to tell this story about how you live your life, you know, and like things pop up without your your decision. You get no input on it. And uh, I was going to tell that story. And then we got derailed by a wife check and a husband check. Oh, that's really interesting, Henry. Maybe uh, after this husband check, we can get back to that story. All right, John, throwing it back to you. I think yeah, that'll do I it. Call her. Husband check. Yeah, all right. <laughs> that was fun. Ah, it is fun. You have to be very careful because I do bits until they're not funny anymore. It's great. Uh, so the wife and I were <laughs> walking. Hold on. No, 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 no. <laughs> There's this no, plot of land. <laughs> it's only one per episode. I have to set boundaries. Uh, all right, so this pl- there's this plot. I've got a piece of ice in my mouth now because you, you've, you've so thrown me off my game. Okay. There's this plot of land at the end of our street that's under construction. They cleared the land, and Jamie and I were, you know, guessing at what it would be. And we thought it would be really, really nice, really, really great if it was a restaurant of any kind. Because mm-hmm. we could walk to the restaurant. It would be great. It would be right there in the neighborhood. It would really make us happy. Happy, You know what's going up instead, John? Uh, what? A fucking gas station. Great. So, like, no input from us, but suddenly, like, this plot of land that had been cleared forever is just becoming a gas station. And so I guess that that's very similar to what you were talking about. Is that a, a video? This is... This is somewhat existentially troubling, but is that a video game only conceit? The fact that our world can change as a result of our direct input? Because for the most part, all of us are just kind of like bumbling around trying our best. And then our our circumstances just change without any input from us whatsoever. I think that it really is like a, a decision consequence kind of thing that, that's really prevalent in video games like 
every decision you make affects something else in the world. And because of that, because of your actions, something happens because you recruit all of your villagers. KK Slider comes to do a concert, you know, that video games set up a system of cause and effect that is not really prevalent in the real world beyond your direct actions. Like if you stab a guy, you will go to jail, but it's not like if you, you know, leave a dollar at the mayor's office, they're not going to build you a, a, a statue or anything. I don't know. Do you remember, uh, this was a, this is throwing it way back and alienating a huge portion of our audience. But do you remember the video game fable? Oh yeah. What was his name? Paul, Peter Paul Molyneux. Ma- Peter Molyneux. Yes. Yeah. The, the games that were basically like create your own story, right? Yeah, so essentially when Fable came out, and Fable 2 also, their uh, their primary differentiating factors were, they were marketed that the decisions you make matter. Uh, if, if you do this, it'll change the world in this way. If you fart on a guy, you'll grow devil horns. Uh, and, and all of it was, was incredibly... Uh, ridiculous and create this like good evil dichotomy that was cartoonish at best and farcical at worst. Uh, and I enjoyed them, but I remember one thought that I had when Fable Two specifically was coming out, and I had actually like developed into my adult brain. Is up until that point, and this has cooled off a little bit. Mostly, what people were looking for in video games is for choices to matter. Let's take something like, uh, I don't know, like a Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic or a World of Warcraft. For the most part, it's a story that largely follows the same path and resolves in the same way, in some ways uh, separate from any actions that you undertake, right? Right, yeah. And I think that the argument for a long time was that's not realistic. Things should change based on what I do. And I think... The opposite is actually true, is that things not changing despite your best efforts is actually the realistic outcome. Yeah, I mean, this was this this is something that I struggled with on the day to day before, you know, all all the uh, the covid stuff happened where it's just like every day I wake up and I go to work and then I come home and I eat and every like that repeats week by week and i'm making that choice each time to go to work to to eat to sleep i'm making those choices but it doesn't feel like those choices matter because like it's the default i i have to go to work i'll i'll lose my job and if i lose my job i can't pay for my apartment and so it's just like Every day I'm waiting for something to happen, you know, like I, I'm waiting for that difference. And if it was a video game, you would get like a prompt, like, or, or like a random event would happen or something like that. But in real life, it's just, it, you keep doing what you do and then COVID happens. <laughs> Nothing we chose made this global pandemic happen. It just happened to us and there's nothing we can do to affect COVID being here other than the, you know, shelter in place and flattening the curve and trying to make it so that 
as many people are as safe as possible, but it's it's very unlike a video game in that regard. Yeah, and I think maybe the issue comes from having a having a narrative centered around the actions of a protagonist because no individual has that much power for for the most part. And I think that something that maybe we we should analyze in what's going on right now is yes, what's happening was through no fault of ours, unless you are, of course, that bat. Uh, but <laughs> uh, nothing happened as a as a direct result of our actions, and now we're just all kind of living in it. Yeah. Uh, for the most part, we only have so many choices we can make in a day. But in some ways, what we're going through right now is is oddly freeing because. In, in times where the strangest thing that's ever happened to you has happened, you never really have more freedom. Like, let's say you were to take a, a meeting right now. Uh, if you were at your job, the well, th- ideally you wouldn't be at your job right now. It's <laughs> nine o'clock at night. Uh, yeah. if, you were, if you were to take uh, a meeting right now... Uh, and you were at your job, your only option would really be to like teleconference in or probably go to a meeting room, right? Right. Now you have the option. If you took a meeting right now, you could take the phone or the laptop or whatever, like onto your patio or out for a walk or in the bathtub. You could do any of these things and they don't matter. And that's beautiful. <laughs> yeah, no, it, there's there's a freedom every time I hit that that Zoom meeting invitation where it's like start with video don't start with video start with computer audio start with some other audio and uh, like those are like micro decisions where it's like well maybe i'll ease into showing the video and i'll start without video see who else is here first and then like turn my camera on and you know you, you can change your background to be outer space or anywhere you want there is more freedom now in like the weirdest of ways. You still got to take the meeting, but you've got like these things that influence how you perceive the meeting. Yeah. I mean, it's almost freeing to realize that not all of our choices matter. We're all living as the non Island representative at animal crossing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, and now in these times we have more freedom of choice than ever before. And also freeingly, uh, none of these choices matter. Uh, one of the things that can really fuck people up in these times is assuming that every choice they make during a global pandemic matters every day. They have to better themselves or go for walks or work out or create content. There's a tremendous pressure that the decisions we make right now matter. Not all of them do, and not all of them have to. So if you want to take a call on the patio or whatever, who cares? It's a choice that doesn't matter. And most of our choices won't. Uh, So don't become your own worst enemy and feel like everything you do has to mean something during this time. And yeah, there, there is a freedom in that, in that we can only really influence the people around us. And right now, the people around us are just the people in the same... I guess situation is this like if you're in shelter in place or stay at home, work safe, whatever it's called with like one other person, you can impact that person and that's your world. That's where your decision, that's how far your decision, your decisions reach. So, uh, you know what I've been doing lately and 
this this might speak more to my lazy personality, but like, you know, we would let dishes stack up or I would let my side of the closet get a little messy. But now that my world is one other person, it's like, okay, I'm going to take some time before I dive back into Persona 5 Royal to wash the dishes so they're not stacked up. And today it's like, you know what? Even I'm frustrated with how messy my side of the closet is. So I washed all my clothes and I'm actually putting them away where they belong instead of throwing them in a pile on the floor. And and part of it is because I feel as though like this would make the other person who I can affect happy. But the other part is, is like, well, I've got all this time and nothing to do with it. So I might as well do actions that will create the most happiness in like a weird utilitarianism way. I, I feel largely the same way. And it's, it's a, it's such a cool thing to to discover about myself because clearly I cohabitate with my girlfriend. And one thing that I've noticed myself doing is like hyper fixating on how my actions affect her. Hyper fixating sounds like mental illnessy. Maybe it is. Uh, but it's, it's really interesting because I, I get to this place where I'm like, what do I want to be in all of this? Do I want to be, uh, mean or vindictive or inactive. No, everybody in this situation they want to be kind. They want to be they want to be full of life. They want to do everything they can to to be an expression of who they are. So expressing kindness to the person that you're with is literally the least you can do, and it's very easy. Uh, I I typically try to think of my my girlfriend's problems pretty seriously but now that she's the only person that i spend time with i'm very focused on how happy she is yeah and and like i I think that kind of speaks to a little bit of human nature where if you have empathy or sympathy for other human beings you want to do right by them you want to do the most good you can and kind of like utilitarianism way, do the most good. And uh, right now, but while being socially responsible, that's just the people in your household, pretty much. It, it, you know, because normally it's like if somebody asks you at your workplace for a favor, you're like, oh, sure. And you help them out. Or, you know, if you're in traffic, you you might let somebody go in front of you or, or, you know, it's like the, the, there were other outlets in the world for these sort of decisions. But now it's it's, you know, the square footage of your home and that's all you can you can affect. Those are the decisions that matter right now, even though that your decisions don't matter in, the, in like a grand scheme. But you can cr- still create impactful decisions just in the small scale that you can actually affect. Yeah. As long as, as long as you're both residents on this Island, send someone a package, send them a piece of a boxing ring or a star wand. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. Cause our friends, uh, our, our, our good friends who we've been, uh, I feel like we've been talking more to our friends now than when we could actually drive to see each other. Oh, you you are absolutely <laughs> that group chat is popping off, and like we every weekend we like watch a movie over you know Discord or whatever, 
And, and now with Animal Crossing connecting people, it's like, hey, yeah, does anyone need a wand? You know, because like it's a rare item that that uh, is is hard to find, and it, you know, I guess it lets you change your outfit wherever you are or whatever. I don't know. But uh, our, our friends got connected and like distributed wands to those who didn't have them. And that's like a little neat thing that I don't know what if that would happen if the world wasn't in the state that it's in right now. I feel like we all have a certain I feel like we all have within us a certain amount of like florid overflowing kindness that comes out of us. And we find ways to express that throughout the day, because like you said, if you're in traffic and you let someone like cut in front of you, if they're like trying to get out of a parking lot or whatever, that was you saying, I had this much kindness energy here. You have it, Honda Civic. Enjoy. Uh, And I think everyone has a different level of that, but we the areas in which we can express those are almost exclusively through our friends and charitable organizations right now. So I think even though we're going through the weirdest, worst thing we've ever gone through, a lot of people are expressing a lot of kindness and some people are expressing a lot of cruelty. But if you feel the urge to be kind in these times, there's no reason not to. Yeah, and it be kind to whoever you can. But especially to the people that you might, for better or worse, be weathering the storm with. Yeah, I mean, if, if you've got a significant other that you're with, make them hash browns in the morning. Potatoes solve most problems. <laughs> you're absolutely right. We've, we've had, we have so many leftover french fries. Oh no, make them into hash browns. Oh, we just we heat them up and eat them. It's not it's not a problem. It's a blessing. Oh, okay. We um we have a lot of groceries. God, I wish we had French fries. Oh my God, what am I gonna do for dinner? Shouldn't worry about it. <laughs> we yeah. So for for Easter Sunday, we decided to have a big feast. So we went out to Popeyes and got like way too much food because we wanted it to be a feast. And now we're just like. Slowly eating the leftovers. Just munching on the carcasses. Yeah. Now... Uh, So that's something I could talk about, actually, John. Munching on carcasses? Absolutely, because that's the last thing you said. Yes. (laughs) What I really... Oh, no. Don't you hate it when, like, you you think of something and you kind of tune out when somebody else says, (laughs) and then you respond to your thought and not to what they said? And so it sounds like you're a cannibal. It happens. Um, but no, so this past Easter, which was this past Sunday, I I re rewatched a, a thing that a, a show, I guess a special from my childhood called Peter and the Magic Egg. Ugh. And I also, for the first time ever, saw the entirety of Peter Cottontail. Now, one of these I've seen and one of these I haven't. And uh, I just want to say, so Peter Cottontail, one, it's it's stop motion, which is always a plus. But two and three, it's got Vincent Price and Kate. Yeah, incredible. And Casey Kasem. Just so good. Like the voice cast is phenomenal. Yeah, Peter Cottontail is is a trip. I never I never got a chance to watch it as a child because I guess my. Southern Louisiana parents very much valued the lessons of this 
Pennsylvania Dutch story of Peter and the Magic Egg in which Mother Nature gives two Pennsylvania Dutch farmers a child who ages 12 years in one year and they have to they they make a contract with the Easter Bunny for eggs to be able to afford their farm because apparently the Easter Bunny pays per egg and their farm is being leaned on by a, a, a literal automaton named Ten Whiskers. So this is a this is a real thing that is present in animation, stop motion, otherwise of a certain era, is uh, mechanized things being the villain. There's a uh, what was it? Jack Frost was the stop motion, right? Uh, Christmas movie, which has the I forget what the guy's name is. It's called it's like Baron Hamburglar, but he's all robotty. You got Peter Irontail. You got the evil, I guess, farmer from Peter and the Magic Egg. Apparently, yeah, Tin Whiskers. They don't like robots. Very anti-technology and very anti-robot. Now, uh. I think I only dyed eggs once as a child, but is there a company that's like the the foremost name in dying eggs? Uh, yes, Paws. Okay, so Peter and Peter and the Magic Egg. His last name is Paws. Great. So this could be made by the Paws people. I feel like Paws has really cornered the market on Easter eggs and Easter products. I don't feel like I see the Paws name, P-A-A-S, very often uh, anywhere. No, I I mean, they're so not prolific that I didn't even know that they were them, you know? Oh, the Paws website is fascinating. Do you want me to read you some of their products? Yes, Absolutely. Uh, let's see. From our traditional and deluxe sets to our new glitter kits, we have something for everyone. Oh, their website's so bad. You can have galactic eggs, decorate eggs that are out of this world, spring hatchlings, make your eggs come alive this Easter, unicorn eggs, fascinatingly. The tagline for this is, go all in on unicorns. Oh, Okay. What it, it's it's as if they're saying give up on the traditional Easter egg decorating you wanted. Your kids want unicorns, so you might as well go all in on unicorns. You have no recourse. It is time to embrace the unicorn. So here's the full text. Go all in on unicorns, period. This new decorating kit has 68 one-of-a-kind stickers of your favorite animal, the unicorn. <laughs> Plus, with eight egg stands and five paws, food color tablets, it's pure fantasy, period. <laughs> oh, no! What? The paws website is incredible. Their classic Easter egg decorating kit. Guess what the tagline is. You've got no other choice. Uh, you're not too far off. Pause classic. When you want to dye a lot of Easter eggs, period. Wait, what? <laughs> that, that, that would be like for, you know, the company that makes fire hoses. When you want to put out a fire, period. <laughs> 
So they do sell a deluxe kit. It's tagline with nine different color dyes. This kit is perfect if you want to dye a lot of Easter eggs. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. That that's man, very creative. It's it's very it's very creative. They got pretty excited for candy shine. Uh, then they misrepresent as color shine. Uh, your eggs will look shiny and colorful. Period. <laughs> your fire will be put out. Period. This is incredible. Something tells me the pause marketing hasn't really been putting in their weight. <laughs> Okay, pause emoji eggs. Now you can make Easter eggs with emojis. <laughs> Period. <laughs> Their taglines are just descriptions of the product. It's incredible. Wow, that's that's amazing. Uh, anyway, the pause website is is a joy. I'm sorry I I took us down that rabbit hole. Yeah, uh, I get it. Okay, hold on. The tagline for the pause rainbow colors is move over, Roy G. Biv. This is the pause rainbow color dye kit. (laughs) (laughs) It continues. Move over, Roy G. Biv. This is the pause rainbow liquid dye kit. Pure and spectacular. Oh my gosh. That, okay. So... They need marketing help, but I guess if your niche is one time a year, people will die hard-boiled eggs or whatever, just normal eggs. I don't know what they are. I, again, I think I did this maybe one time as a child. I was too busy watching Peter and the Magic Egg. Um, if your niche is this one thing a year, I guess you don't really need marketing. You just need to be available one time a year. Yeah, because I don't feel like a lot of people are going, I mean, that's the thing about capitalism and enterprise, right? It's like we have so many niche interests that there's got to be one company that's just taken over the space. And that looks like it's pause. Yeah, I mean, they, they saw the need for dying eggs and maybe made a propaganda movie about why you need to die eggs and also resist technology and maybe be Amish. Which is um, weird because it's a it's a it's an animated film. I I really wonder how they made that film. I I don't I don't get it. But all I can say is that was my childhood. Uh, can I read one more thing from the Pause website? I'm sorry, it's just really good. Yeah, sure. So there's Pause Whiskers, uh, and this is it. They're whisks. Fucking, you get it. Uh, but this is Paws Whiskers Bunny. It is the it is the uh, bunny's head on a whisk, right? You get it. Yeah, I get it. Uh, tagline: This easy to use plastic egg whisker is perfect for little hands to use and keep the egg completely secure while it's dyed. Period. Okay. Below that is the whiskers, but it is the bottom half of a bunny. And it is called Whiskers Bunny Bottom. Text. This easy-to-use plastic egg whisker is perfect for little hands to use. And keep the egg completely secure while it's died. Period. This is the bottom half of the bunny. Period. 
I'm dying. I have Ugh. to move away from this website. Move away from it. Oh my god. What a what a time to be alive. Wow. I mean, that was a fun weird deep dive on <laughs> But yeah, I do want to say having never seen Peter Cottontail before. I I was familiar with the song but not familiar with the stop animation movie. I, I will say uh, that's probably the better movie of the two because weirdly enough, I never suspected or expected that time travel be a major component of an Easter special. It The, the best holiday specials are the ones that bring in your nice elements from sci-fi. Yeah, like, like the, A Christmas Carol with its time travel time traveling ghosts that's what you want time traveling ghosts if you can get them absolutely uh but i still do very much want to see peter and the magic egg it's available in parts on youtube that's how we watch it you do lose a little bit of context between each part for some reason but uh it's also available on youtube in a in a cropped format i guess if you want to watch it all in one go but uh, yeah, I, I I don't know. It's available nowhere else. Like you could try to find a, a DVD of a VHS if you want. It's also available at my house at home with my parents. That is the most exclusive way to market a movie <laughs> in theaters now at my parents' house. My parents' house. They have it. Do you think there will ever come a time when your parents own the sole original copy of Peter and the Magic Egg? I'm sure there will always be copies that people don't realize they have, like in their their VHS collections that are just gathering dust. It's entirely possible. I still haven't watched that copy of Let's Rob the Cheese Shop. What is Let's Rob the Cheese Shop? We'll talk about it. We'll, 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 We'll organize a watch party for Let's Rob the Cheese Shop. Oh, okay. Uh, but Peter and the Magic Egg, check it out. (laughs) Check it out on YouTube. It's there for real. Hey, why don't you hit the pause button and go check out Peter (laughs) and the Magic Egg? Why don't you... Peter and the Magic Egg, it's a movie for kids that you can watch. Yeah. Uh, If you put that (laughs) up against all the other movies that are available on YouTube, which I don't know. Island of Dr. Moreau, maybe? Sure. Anything public acts or uh, public domain should be up there. Yeah, watch movies on YouTube. Or anywhere else. You know, if I can say one thing about this time, watch movies. Movies are great. I like movies. I'm a big fan. Of movies? In general. Not all of them. Every movie? Um, I'd say there are two bad movies. <laughs> there are only two bad movies? Yeah, the rest are pretty good. Alright, what are the two bad movies? White House is down and Olympus has fallen. <laughs> Wait, but there's a third one in that series, John. Isn't it called, like, The Angel Has Fallen? Angel Has Fallen, yeah. A- oh, like Los Angeles? No, 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 no. I think that was his code name. Oh, his code name was Angel. I never watched those films, but yeah. I have seen one of them, and I don't know which one it was. <laughs> Wait. 
Aren't they both set in the White House? Uh, maybe. I don't know. I So the first one... Is Gerard Butler in both of them? He's in all of them. Oh my god. He's Angel. Wait, no. Are these in the same universe? Yeah, it's a series. Wait, I feel like this is an Armageddon Deep Impact situation. No, no, it's a direct series. Okay, so it went White House is down to Olympus has fallen. John? Yes. Sorry, you cut out there. Oh, so it went White House down to Olympus has fallen? Oh, wait, hold up. Shit, fuck. You are absolutely correct. Okay. No. There are the Fallen trilogy, but they all have Fallen in the name. White House Down is in another... Yeah, White House Down is another movie completely. You're right. You're absolutely right. And one of them, Morgan Freeman, is the president. And I think in the other one, Jamie Foxx is the president. Is that right? That is absolutely right, and they came out in the same year. So, yeah, that's absolutely you're right. Armageddon Deep Impact, yeah. Okay, I thought you were saying, like, Olympus has fallen. The the second one, which I don't remember, then Angel has fallen. That's a series. But you're talking about two separate movies. Gerard Butler is not in both. Oh, I feel, I've got so much egg on my face, John. I, I, I wholeheartedly apologize. Well, if you want to die of that egg, you can hit up the Paws Corporation. It is uh, White, nope, Olympus Has Fallen, London Has Fallen, Angel Has Fallen. Yeah, that's what it is. When did, oh, oh Angel Has Fallen does, ooh, that like just came out. It initially came out in Taiwan? Interesting. I, uh, man, Gerard Butler is not aged great. Has he not? I haven't seen him since 300. Well, I guess I have to watch all these movies now along with The Purge. <laughs> you don't have to, I guess. Eh, well, we also have to watch that Better Look Tomorrow movie. Well, that one actually has to happen. And that one actually, from what I've heard, is good. What if it's not? We'll talk about it. We will? I mean, we have to. Yeah, we will. Yeah, we're contractually obligated by the contract of our words. <laughs> and our word is our bond. Yeah, our word is our bonds. Bonds? Multiple bonds? Barry Bonds? James Bond? You know, a municipal bond is triple tax exempt, but is Barry Bonds? Oh, uh, war bonds. Yeah, more words that... Do we have anything? We're just riffing off of the word bonds. You cut out again. What did you say? James Bonds? Oh, man, you keep cutting out. This is this is weird. Yeah, you are also intermittently cutting out. I'm concerned. I'm also concerned. <laughs> maybe uh, we well, ideally, I don't want to explain. Okay, maybe this is a quick plug for Zencaster. Uh, if you want to record a podcast with a friend, uh, both of your audio should be recorded locally, so there should be no weird drops like this when it comes time to edit. Zencaster, there's no E. There's no second E. 
Henry, I'm not going to lie, you cut out for a lot of that. Well, hopefully I didn't on my end. Uh, so <laughs> I, I think... Are you still is, there? This is great. I'm still here. Okay. Wait, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you fine. Okay, great. Uh, I was talking that whole time. Maybe we should wrap it up. I feel like we should wrap it up, but first, uh, 39 across, it's five letters, Karloff, Yeltsin, or Johnson. I'm missing just the first letter. The rest of the word is O-R-I-S. Wait, can you say that again? You cut out. (laughs) All right. No, uh, Karloff, Yeltsin, or Johnson, it's five letters. The last four letters are O-R-I-S. Wait, are you trying to are you trying to do a crossword? I've gotten really into crosswords, John. Oh, it's Boris. Holy shit, you're correct. All right, and on that note, I feel like we should end this episode. And uh, also, I hope that the audio is doing fine. Me too. And since you're editing this week, that falls to me to do the social media plugs, if I'm not mistaken. You are absolutely correct. So, if you'd like to reach out to us on Twitter, uh, which I have not been on in a while, I'm assuming it's still bad, you can do so at ZCPCWHJ on Twitter.com, which stands for Henry. All right, this is 25 down. Uh, Gulliver Travels Brutes. Oh, it's Yahoo's. All right. There you go. And uh, if you want to send us your crosswords, or if you're cross with us and you want to have words with us, you can do so at our email at email at zerocredits.net, zerocredits.net. If you go there right now, it's still not a website, but maybe when this episode goes up, mightn't one see? <laughs> mightn't one see? You've been doing this joke for so long. And if you want to find us on Facebook, fuck it, uh, we are on Spotify. You can find us by searching for zero credit, open parentheses, S close parentheses on Spotify.com. Get Spotify premium. It's cheap or free right now, or it costs money. I don't know. But please listen to the podcast, Jason Derulo. Uh, If you're on Apple Podcasts, you can find us by searching for zero credits in the Apple Podcasts. Uh, Leave us a comment. Leave us a like. Uh, It's the best way to get word out about this podcast. Guess what? I lied. The best way to get word out about this podcast is with your mouth. Because word of the mouth is the only way we can survive. So if you are standing six plus feet away from someone and you are wearing your government mandated mouth filter, please tell them about Zero Credits Podcast. Or, you know what? Tell the internet. Everyone's on that piece of shit nowadays. And then we'll have a a, a lot of people listening to this podcast. I solved my crossword puzzle. I finished it while you were doing that. Is that New York Times crossword puzzle? Oh no, it's a it's an app called uh um what the fuck is this app called? It's an app that's got crossword in the title. Oh, that's the name of the app, an app that's got crossword in the title? <laughs> I mean, that's not obviously that's not the name, John, but do you <laughs> All right, it is called Hold on. Hold on. John wants this. He wants me to find this. It's called Crossword, John. <laughs> 
Oh, crossword. That one's pretty good. I once got into so, so into crosswords, I think it might have indirectly caused me to break up with someone. But they're a very fun time. They were a fun time? The person you broke up with? No, they were a drag. Oh, because they didn't like you doing crosswords. They hated crosswords, and they also hated the movie The Master, and I'm better off without them. Oh, and on that note, everyone here at the crossword-filled five-bedroom-a-billion-bathroom, the world is our bathroom studios, we want to wish you a happy self-isolation. Wait, Henry, have you been using the whole world as your bathroom? I am the main reason why coronavirus is a thing. No, I've been using the whole world as my kitchen. Oh, no. I've contaminated your pea soup. Gift of the Magi pea soup. More like peer and soup. (laughs) More like piss soup. Piss soup. Oh. And uh, (laughs) I was about to start the whole spiel again. I already did the spiel. John. Mm. Mm. Goodbye. Bye. 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 Okay, goodbye. Bye. No, no, okay, goodbye. Oh, goodbye. Oh, okay, no, goodbye. God damn it. Goodbye. Stop this bit. Stop no, this good, bit right goodbye, now. Goodbye, 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 goodbye. That is 2,000 feet large and 8,000 feet wide. (laughs) Jesus Christ, you're in the Taj Mahal.